Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Hamilcast. I am Jillian. I'm Bianca. Today, we are joined by Jess Danhauser, the president and CEO of Graham Wyndham. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here in the room where the podcast happens, (laughs) aka my apartment. What is Graham Wyndham? Is this something we may have heard of or have any relation to? (laughs) Oh, can I show you what I'm proudest of? They might you might have heard of it. Graham Wyndham uh, was started in 1806 by the Eliza Hamilton and three oh, other women. That's right. And today we serve about 4,000 kids in New York City and Westchester, carrying her legacy on, doing all sorts of things to help kids and families really be their best. That's really incredible. It says it's the nation's oldest nonprofit. It is the oldest one serving kids, longest standing. So there was ones that were open before us, but they've closed. So the longest serving nonprofit in the nation. So I guess this episode, we're telling Eliza's story as much as we can. Some people would argue that maybe Burr is the star of the show, but I think everyone can agree that it's almost possibly just Eliza's story. Well, yeah. You know, it's her. If you take into consideration, she's the one who really spearheaded keeping Alexander's legacy alive. Had she not done that, who knows what we might know or not know. Yeah. And I think she leaves, she's sort of the one who has the greatest moral authority at the end, right? She has this amazing moments where she changes history through her forgiveness, through obviously we are most uh, appreciative of her starting an orphanage in 1806. And it's crazy. I was reading through, we have this book that is the first hundred years of the orphanage. And 12 years in, they were having an annual meeting and they had $21 left. So it wasn't like they you know, were able to just raise a ton of money and this was easy for them to do. They were constantly being really scrappy and going to local citizens and churches and reminding them of their duty to take care of these kids. And it wasn't typical for women to be running organizations then in 1806, but they just persevered and never ever built the organization to be one with a huge endowment or it was never about the organization. It was always about the kids and they put every dollar into it. Who were the other three women? Uh, Ms. Hoffman, Ms. Bethune, and Ms. Graham. They changed the name at some point to honor Ms. Graham, even though Eliza was the longest serving director, I think for something like 27 years. Wow. Because it was originally called the New York Orphan Asylum Society. Exactly. Which exactly. that word asylum always makes me feel like it's a little creepy. So it's maybe it's good that they changed the yes, name to when something. When you put it together with orphan too. Yeah. Really <laughs> yeah. We are certainly not an orphanage anymore, but... The, the same roots, that the same commitment uh, holds true today. Tell us about how Hamilton has changed the life of Graham Wyndham, what it has done or the connection that you guys have with the show now. Starting with the relationships that we have with the cast and crew and creator, uh, Philippa Sue and Morgan Marcel created something called the Eliza Project. And almost the entire cast participated in it. So they, um, the project has, the, our kids are doing pen pal writing with the cast and crew. What? Yeah, and they- That's that amazing. Is so cool. Yeah, so they, each of our kids has someone in the cast or crew. There's about 25 kids who are involved in it and they write letters back and forth and they thought it'd be a cool way to 
honor both Eliza and Alexander to, to Alexander to write and to sort of restore the form of like handwritten letters. I love that. Yeah. I agree. Love that. And our development director bought our kids um, little feather pens to, to do the writing with. So it was very sweet. Oh, cool. Um, but they're really sharing their story. And there's a few folks in the cast and crew who have similar stories to our kids and have been really inspiring to them. They also did a, an arts workshop where they did drama and dance and then they put on a little what they called not like a performance but they did a showing and we got to go and it was really sweet and our kids i don't think they knew who these guys were at first but anybody who treats our kids and looks them in the eye and treats them like they are full human beings who have interests and doesn't sort of pity them and has expectations of them but really, really supports them, they're going to love. And every single one of the cast and crew has been that way. And some of our kids have gotten to see the show and they treat them like royalty and bring them backstage. And I think, you know, that's been the most important thing. And we're grateful. It looks like Lexi Lawson and Karen Olivo are going to continue to do the project. And so it's passing on to the next generation and Morgan's still going to be involved. So That's so great. I'm going to chills hearing you yeah. talk about how they were interacting with the kids. It's so important because I think people just want to say, oh my God. And they mm -hmm. think that that's a helpful thing. Right, but really, right. like you said, they're, they have interests and they- Yeah, I mean, we, we sort of talk about our kids. They've had a tough start and Alexander Hamilton had a tough start, right? And the whole idea of- you know, they passed a plate around. Yeah. Always gives me chills because it's sort of, they figured out this kid has some talent and because they wanted to make sure he could fulfill that, they all put money in. And that's what we're trying to do for our kids. And sometimes our kids' talent is hidden under a lot of stress and trauma and a lot of instability in their lives, but it comes out when people really invest in them. They passed a plate around total strangers moved to kindness by my story raised enough for me to book passage on a ship that was new york bound so one of the things that we're doing that hamilton is helping us fund is we've started a program where we coach our kids until they're 25 kids who are not all of our kids in foster care but those who are if they haven't been adopted or go home or go to family by 21, they age out of care. And we try to make sure they go home or get adopted as often as possible and do a lot of work in that front. But either way, even if you go, even if you get adopted by your aunt at 18, you're probably going to need some support through college and career. And why lose your whole community that's been around you for a while? And so we, we launched this program, we call it Gram Slam, and it's working. Our kids are going to college and staying in college. And so Hamilton's been helping us raise money and awareness um, for things that government doesn't pay for. And Philippa came up to our campus, which was built in the early 1900s. So they moved from Raisin Street, which we think is, was Barrow Street, and then they moved to the Upper West Side, and then they moved to Hastings on Hudson. And... She was just so comfortable with our kids and made them feel, I, they didn't know who she was or why she was a star at first, but they could tell she was a star. Yeah, right. And, um, and she was there with Steve and they were incredibly lovely. And this was still as she was, you know, the play had already, musical had, had hit, but um, she was continuing to really try to figure out who Eliza was. And so it was really sweet. So let's go back to you're at work 
and it's everything is a normal day. And then you realize there's something happening about Alexander Hamilton talking about like the public time when it was still at the public or when it was just a mixtape. Were you guys kind of excited to see what this could do for you? Not in a selfish way, but oh, wow, a story is being told that is so important. We had tried to figure out how to tell this story for a long time. And I sort of <laughs> joke, like all we had to do was hire Lin-Manuel. And, and I personally, I have to admit, I didn't know who he was. That's okay. That's allowed. And, <laughs> and I knew in the Heights, but I didn't know who, who wrote it. And so Harry Bavarian, who uh, works in our development team, was Who's telling great, us- by the way. Thank you. We yeah, have a lot fabulous. of interaction with him. He's awesome. He's um, always thrilled to talk about what we're doing and our kids. And Harry's actually done a lot of education work, so he knows the work and he came over to our development department. So he figured this out and- was telling us that there's gonna be something going on with Hamilton. And this is before it was like on every bus. And we were sort of patiently sort of trying to figure out what, what that was. And he started to interact with Lin-Manuel on Twitter and Lin-Manuel figured out right before Christmas of 2014, who we were. And he tweeted that, that he had no idea that Eliza's work was still thriving and that he couldn't wait to meet us and, oh man, wait until you see the end of the show. <laughs> I so can't believe that. We see this tweet and I was pretty new to Twitter at the time. And I was like, that's really cool. Still not knowing like this is going to be the biggest phenomenon to hit. Um, <laughs> and so we got tickets. And as we were processing gifts from our website, we noticed that he had given a gift. And he didn't say anything in the tweet. He didn't, he just said good luck or something like that. And, and, you know, really excited that Eliza's organization is still thriving. And he sort of just left his phone number as you might do when you leave a donation. And, and so Harry came in and said, you got to call him. And I yes. was like, yeah, okay. So I, I call him like, Harry, stay. And he's like, all right, if you want me to. So I call me answers. And I said, I'm just, this is just Dan Hazard from Grand Wind. I'm like, thank you so much for giving us a gift. You don't even know who we are. And he's like, oh, I know who you are. And this is <laughs> so exciting. And he said, wait until you see the end. And he's like, I'm actually walking into rehearsal now. I hope you get to, you know, you can come. And so we had tickets in uh, March of that year and got to meet him after the show. And we had gotten to meet his father before then. And it just sort of really took off from there. That's amazing. So what, what was it like when the, the end of the show came around, Who Lives, Who Dies, Who Tells Your Story? Were, were you expecting it to, to close on, on the orphanage? We had heard that they sang about the orphanage and knowing when he said the end. But I didn't know. I thought it might be like mentioned in like a sentence, but that it really pauses and was just like we all just were balling. It's, oh my it's god. Very significant. I'm getting teary-eyed and chills just now thinking about it. But it's you know it's coming, but it hits you so hard every time. And I think it's something about her purity. There's just her intentions, the whole her whole life are so extraordinary and that she lived to 97 in which that is insane. Day and age. Yeah. yeah. It's totally insane. <laughs> and that she and everything she had been through. Yeah, and... that she survived having all those children back then too. And to live to that age is just really she she just had she had so much work to do, obviously. Yeah. The the line that gets me is in their eyes, I see you, Alexander. It just because there's something about this work that's so personal. And to know it was really personal for her was is 
to or inspiration for all of us who work there and do this work. I help to raise hundreds of children. I get to see them growing up. In their eyes, I see you, Alexander. I see you every time. And when my time is up, have I done enough? Will they tell the story? Oh, I can't wait to see you again. It's only a matter of time. Because you can really connect with the fact that she wasn't sort of doing this as you know some society woman who was like she was doing she was the work she was you know adopting children taking them in who, who needed homes well before this and she just has such a huge heart and wanted to help i think any any way she could and she married an orphan like exactly <laughs> yeah. exactly i think it's really cool that she thought that she was building his legacy and that this thing wasn't really, she never thought about it as a legacy. She thought about it as what she felt compelled to do for the world. And now, she, as she deserves, she's getting a legacy from this. The legacy that she, that she and all of our founders really deserve. And just how amazing for you what Hamilton has done, this awareness and this excitement around what's happening, what you guys are doing, because it's so amazing and it's so needed. Now all these people know what you're doing and know the story. It's kind of funny. I mean, it's hard to even fully understand yet where we've gotten, you know, we're very fortunate to have support of a lot of the local New York City foundations and some national foundations and we have a great partnership with the city who we do this work in partnership with and and we have a lot of supporters from around New York but to hear that some kid threw you know a bake sale in Pennsylvania because they want to give to Eliza's orphanage or kids are doing like lemonade stuff and one of my colleagues um, her son was so enthralled that he raised money for for us and she was like well he should be giving to my organization <laughs> but um but it was really sweet he i saw him a couple weeks ago with her and she's like oh he's really grateful for your letter because i wrote i've obviously wrote him a thank you letter and he's she's like but you kind of got a clips because he also got one from lin-manuel <gasps> and wow. she said it's postmarked from puerto, puerto rico he must have written it when he had his like one free moment and so he was the kid was just totally totally how did lynn hear about what he did we sent it to to Luis to let him because we just like this is too cute we want to show it to you what did he do he they put on a play he made he took like his whole school and created hamilton and had like i don't know how deep it went i didn't get to see it but i saw the pictures and the kids dressed up how old is he I think he's like 11. He's oh amazing. God. Yeah, it's really <laughs> it's really sweet. And so something that Lynn would appreciate of yes. so yeah. much. Yes, very much so. So, yes, it's it's wonderful. I mean, to get all the support and we need it. I mean, we have still a scrappy organization even at 210 years old that's putting our money into our programs and we we serve about 250 kids in this program called Graham Slam, and we serve about 200 parents in a program that we call Family Success because we see the parents of our kids typically just as our kids, a little bit um, more grown up. And so we support them as well. And 
So every dollar that we can put to it allows us to, to serve another young person or another parent. And what's interesting about our work, and I think connects to our founding, is there's a lot of issues that create people coming into contact with us, but none of them is more consistent than people being isolated socially. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of our work is really to help them create a community around them. And so we try to build programs that don't end. They end when they're sort of natural. So not until our kids are 25 and they're really off and have a career and have a support network. And when parents have their children come home or parents adopt, we use peer supporters that have been through it too, to run groups and keep people together. And our foster parents have have groups. And so every sort of ounce of support that we get goes to allowing us to keep with people through the ups and downs, not just sort of provide one program for a small period of time. Do you keep in touch with kids as they, if you know, when yeah. they, they go off or? Yeah, we have a, a an alumni group that is growing and I get calls all the time from our kids. We actually created one of our board members, Andrew Mock, passed away way too early. And he was, his big passion was exactly that. So what happens to our kids after? Mm -hmm. And so we decided to um, create a scholarship in his name, but to make it really different. They got in a jam and their parents needed money or their, or any other reason. And some of our kids were going off to school and didn't have, they had enough money scholarship money to pay for the school, but they didn't have living money. And so they had big credit card bills. So we just pay that stuff. And as long as they have a plan that it's going to help them advance their career. And then we call the school and beg them to try to <laughs> cut the <laughs> cut it in half or something like that. But it's called the Andrew Mock Scholarship. And so our wow, alumni have access really to that. Wow, that's incredible. I mean, some of our kids have been early in life through the greatest instability and you can't have programs that don't provide that stability. Yeah. And even if a kid is 16, when you tell them, you know, we have this program until you're 18 or until you get adopted, they're kind of like, all right, whatever. You know, you don't really care about me. But if you are if you can tell them, we're not going anywhere. Yeah, we're always going to be here for you. That's what a family says. Sure. And so that's what we're able to say to them more and more. And when we do that, even at 16, they sort of settle down and say, all right, I'm in, I'm in a good place. Do you find that, because I obviously I guess the kids get there under a variety of circumstances, do you find that it's hard for them to, to trust and it takes it takes a long time in order for them to really feel comfortable with the staff there? Yeah, a variety of circumstances and into a variety of different programs. So we're in families' homes and helping families so kids don't come into foster care. We have after school and community centers and we try to get a lot of our kids to do a number of things at Graham, so they have a really full experience. But yeah, I mean, trust is a huge issue. It is probably one of the, even trusting themselves and trusting that there's a future. And so they have to believe in someone first. For them to believe in themselves or their future, they have to believe in someone. And so we're always looking for what is that core relationship? Who's going to hold that for this particular child? And it can be anybody. It can be a parent, an aunt, an uncle, a case planner, a, you know, a social worker, someone who works in their cottage or a foster parent. But it's got to be somebody. And it's got to be somebody who's not going anywhere. But we also believe it's important to hire professional coaches just in case one of these young people is let down by someone. Again, there's still someone there who's going to 
And it's interesting. Um, there's a lot of turnover in our field, but we don't lose coaches. The job is like people love it because they get the chance to actually see kids grow over time, not just sort of shuffle them through some mm -hmm. bureaucracy. And it's really helped our kids trust a lot more. But I have, you know, relationships with a lot of our kids and they need constant affirmation. You have a great plan in place and they often will just come back and say, are you sure this is really going to happen? Like this is going to happen. <laughs> and we just have to deliver for them yeah. and make sure it really happens. How did you get involved in this type of work and with the organization? I worked at Boys and Girls Harbor growing up when I was 16 years old. It's in East Harlem and they had a camp on Long Island where I grew up. And um, I went out there. At, my dad made us start working when we were like 14 or 15. <laughs> and my first job was putting lockers in high schools and junior high schools because that's what one of his friends did. And I was a scrawny kid, so I was basically like cleaning the paint off of the <laughs> handles. I was like, I'm not doing that again. And I ended up working at this camp and really loved it and worked there all through college in the summers and then worked there for a little while after college. And I fell in love with working with young people and especially the kids who are tougher because there's there's just so much richness and there's a lot of talk in the field about grit and determination. And I think some of our kids have overcome some of the most extraordinary things and they've got a ton of grit. So I, um, I went to social work school and then ended up in government, surprisingly. And I worked for homeless services and children's services, and which was an amazing experience to see how the whole thing runs from a big scale but was lucky enough to be recruited by my predecessor, Paul Jensen, to, to Graham Wyndham. And I loved what Graham Wyndham stood for, mostly that it was really honest about the work and really compassionate about the kids and really honest about our flaws. And so whenever we, one of the things we do is really look at the things we're not great at and try to fix them. And I was just really compelled by the by the honesty. And so I was really lucky to to get here and to help build this the current team that we have. What can listeners do, people who are listening to this podcast, what can they do to help the cause? We love volunteers and people who want to get involved. You could, there's you know projects to do on a one-off basis, and then there's really sort of deep work. And depending on the commitment you can make, either one will really work. We have something called an impact committee, and people can, of course, give and support the cause doing that online on our website, which is gram-windom.org. We also created a little page about Eliza. It's called elizastory.org, and it can take you to, to Graham Windom as well. And we did that with the generous uh, help of Blue State Digital, who came to us and offered pro bono all of their services to help with digital wow. media. Wow, wow. Um, and their leadership helped get Obama elected twice. So they're, that's why they're... Blue State Digital. So they're and pretty good at what they do. They're is what awesome you're at what they do. Yeah, <laughs> they've made us look a lot even even more sharp. I think the other thing is that people can just call and come and explore what they might be interested in. They can call my office two one two five two nine six four four five extension two three seven zero. And I'm serious. People can. We really want people to get involved and to get to know not only Liza's story but our kids' story and our family's story because it's a really inspiring one. And, you know, we do this work in today's world, but it's the 
the love and compassion and determination is really similar to when we started. And people can still help if they're not in New York? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. We're hoping you know, to grow the organization, not in, in its ability to serve more kids, but to really go deeper for the kids that we currently serve. So we're going to get all of our kids um, into living wage careers. We want to get a thousand kids into living wage careers in the next six or seven years. Um, and we think we can do it because our kids are really capable. They, they're usually behind in school when they come to us, but even if they graduate at 19 or 20 in high school and then they go off to college, our motto to our kids is it doesn't matter when, it's just if you do it. Right. And so absolutely, any anybody who wants to help spread the word or give um, is more than welcome to do it. And we're on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. So you can find us there too. Yay. I love that. I just love everything you guys are doing. It's so important and I feel like it's not discussed enough. Well, we feel like we've been discussed more than well, ever. Now, yeah. <laughs> so I, I appreciate but it, but it's been... It's been a real gift um, to get the opportunity to talk about what we do. And I thank you guys for letting us not only talk about this amazing musical about what we're doing. Absolutely. And that the cast is so interactive with the organization and the kids. It's just so they're so aware that what they're doing is important and they have these voices and hundreds of millions of Twitter followers between all of them. And they can really do a lot of good and they're doing it. Absolutely. I think they're. I always, I, I'm so taken by how present they all are. So we had this beer party. They created a Hamilton beer. Yeah, that's what I was just going to bring Hill up. Brewing the portion of the yeah. proceeds from yeah. Rise of Rye goes, goes to Grand Morgan, right? That's so great. I yeah. love it. When it's can delicious, I buy it by the way. Hello? <laughs> it's it. like in stores, in a few different stores. I haven't gotten my hand on enough of it yet because it's, um, but it's, and it's really good. It is right? good. It's, yeah. It's really good. Yeah. So we were we, lucky enough to uh, have some cans. Oh, good. Yeah, we were gifted nice. a couple and they were delicious. So we're at this party and I think everybody who's there was just so taken by how present the the cast is and how sweet they are. I was saying the other day that I think the whoever did the casting, Jeffrey Sellers and Tommy Cale and Lynn Manuel, they must be like St. Peter because they, they figure out I, I really believe this, that they figure out people's character. They didn't let people into the show that they didn't think were amazing people mm -hmm. as well as actors. And I have yet to meet anybody. And we try to be really thoughtful about how busy they are. And so not over ask, but they just keep coming to us to be like, we want to do more and we want to help and we're not helping enough. And we're like, you definitely, yeah, you guys. definitely, you definitely helping are. enough. Yeah. That's a common theme we hear from everybody that anyone involved in the cast and crew are just the nicest people and our firsthand experience yeah. talking to Seth Stewart who was just incredible that he was on our show and just kept saying like because he, he had a heart out he had something to do after and he I have my little timer on and he was like how much oh no we can just keep talking no this is fun eh, no I'll just be late and that's yeah they, he doesn't have to do that so it's just and we were talking with Howard Sherman who recorded all the ham for hams just about the fact that the hams ham for hams existed is just a, a true testament of Lynn's generosity and genuineness. And I think that that the whole show does that, what they do with the Gilder Lerman mm -hmm. Foundation and how they're helping you. It's just they're so they are so present. And I think they, they're using their their powers for good. And they're going to do it in Chicago. I hear they're going to make sure 10,000 kids in Chicago. Oh, great. Nice. It. Awesome. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I think 
And it's got to get harder to be nice with like everyone coming at you <laughs> yeah. constantly, but they yeah. just figure out a way to do it. Um, and it's it's really lovely that we feel so great that this next generation cast and crew really wants to stay involved. And and it's not like you know Philippa recorded something for us on PBS um, for last weekend. They had a, a show called American Graduate, and she's out in LA, and she's like, yeah, of course, you know, we'll film something and she's perfect on it so yeah <laughs> it's been um extraordinary As she does <laughs> exactly, exactly and it also helps that it's just it's a great thing to do you know and you can't you can't really be involved in something like this if your heart isn't in it right it's hard work right. exactly it's hard and it can be emotionally trying on the people that are helping these kids there's just a lot going on and you can't fake it yeah and it's been, it's provided us some inspiration i mean a lot of us walk around listening to the to the music and it's not unusual to hear the music playing in our offices yes. and I just picture like you walk in the doors and it just starts <laughs> yeah <laughs> we actually did have like a little cake today in the office and someone had it on in the background of course um but it's it's been an inspiration i mean it's it just brings alive our history and I don't think even we could have been connected to it as well without this. It really, to see somebody who, like Philippa, who's just the personification of our founder. Mm -hmm. And where are you located again? So we are, we serve kids and families in central Brooklyn. Okay. So Bed-Stuy, East New York, um, Crown Heights. We are in Harlem and we are in the northern end of the South Bronx and in Hunts Point, which is in the South Bronx, but very far east. And then we are in Westchester. We're in a lot of different places, but all here in the, the New York area, the New York City area, and really try to, wherever the program is, um, have consistent values of really just wherever, starting wherever our kids and families are and helping them reach their goals. It's not like we tell them what their goals should be. Um, and they have really awesome goals. Our kids want to do a lot of really unique things and they're doing them. So I want to get involved. So yeah. great. Yes, great. for sure. Fantastic. Yeah. Anything you guys need from us. We'll, Thank you. We'll, well, thanks for doing this too. Of, of course. course. We've been looking forward to talking to you. It's been in the works for a while. For so long. Been looking forward to too. it. Yeah. It's been great. Thank you so much for joining us and we'll do our best to continue to help you tell Fantastic. the story. Thank you. Happily. So appreciate it. Yeah. So nice to meet you guys. So it's graham-windham.org. Exactly. Okay. And exactly. then Graham Windham on all the social medias. And do check out elizastory.org too. It's, yes. Um, that it's, beautiful it, picture. It'll connect to our, to our website. Yeah. yeah. There, I was we have a Wikipedia page now. You do? Yeah. You've made it. fancy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you did it. <laughs> this is what Eliza was working for that, all yeah. along. That sums it all up. We're on Wikipedia. <laughs> No, Wikipedia. <laughs> All the Hamill fans are going to go in and, and rewrite everything. So it's just, just in references. Right. Just the first private orphanage in New York City. and just, they're, they're very welcome yeah. to do that. What, what she was proudest of. Exactly. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please check out Grand Wyndham and spread the word. It's much appreciated by all. Yes. All right. We'll talk to you guys soon. I am G.Pen. I'm B.So. Thank you, everybody. I'm J.Dan. Yes. Whoop, whoop. Perfect. If you haven't already, please take a quick minute to subscribe to our podcast and review us on iTunes. It doesn't have to be a pamphlet. We know you're busy, but we'd appreciate any kind words you want to share. Check out thehamilcast.com for all of your Hamilcast needs, including extensive and reference-heavy outlines from each churnout chapter. Chirpter? Yeah, Chirpter. 
and information on our awesome guests and cool things we mentioned on the show. You can follow us at the Hamilcast on all social media outlets, including Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, iHeartRadio, Periscope, and Snapchat. We love hearing from you. You can email us at thehamilcast at gmail.com and please let us know if we can read your email on the air. We're cool either way and don't worry, we will always get back to you. I am underscore Bianca Jean underscore on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Jillian with a G on all social media and I have a web series with my husband Mike, you know Mike, called The Residuals. It's about actors who audition for commercials. You can find everything you need at theresiduals.tv. Thank you again and as always you continue to... Yeah, let's go the way.